We're back. Episode 56 of the Landcoin podcast. Headed to Homestead this week. Uh, third to last race. Uh, ain't going to lie to you. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to a little bit of a break. But before then, we have one of my favorite tracks to bet. One of our guests, tra- our guest favorite tracks to bet. And that's why he's making the rounds on uh, like eight shows this week. So Chris Worm, Chris Wormy, Big Perm, Perminator. Uh, thanks for coming on. This is your third show of the night, so we appreciate yeah. it. No, happy to be here. Happy to be on with Zach from Highline. I don't think we've ever actually had a conversation on a podcast before, so this would be a perfect time to uh, to sort through what I think is one of the great betting tracks in NASCAR. So there's a reason uh, I'm excited to do this and and go on every podcast I can for the week. Yeah, there's certain tracks where you just kind of dread you know, doing the research and talking about it. And then there's other tracks where it's like, all right, this is fun. There's a, there's a few different variables here. You know, we will be able to see some passing. Um, and you know, feel like it's a good discussion when it comes to comp tracks, you know, high tire wear all mile and a half. So are we looking at recent playoff mile and a half. So we'll get into all that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, Zach, how are you doing, buddy? Two and O last two weeks on pole bets. No, three and O three and O. Yeah. 3-0 on pole bets, and uh, we are fine-tuning that mug. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Um, unfortunately, the one moved a lot, so when we give that one out later, it's going to be a little little late for that one. But uh, we're, we're going to try to get the uh, the Wendy's 4-for-4 four four this week. Yeah, <laughs> shout-out NASCAR sponsors. By the way, Breakfast Baconator from Wendy's is slowly climbing up the ladder of really, really good breakfast sandwiches. Uh, that should have kill the, you. Get yeah. the fuck away from that fast food. Oh, coming from you. I don't eat fucking fast food. You don't eat fast food. Very rarely. You gave up Arby's. No when Taco Beasy. That's more of like a promotional <laughs> just bullshit thing. I do not eat that much fast food. Oh I my cook. god. I can't wait to get like <laughs> like health advice from Rory. Like hey, I'm just shut point. up and dribble, Rory. You're really good at betting NASCAR. <laughs> fucking do that. How's that sound? I, 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 I can hook you I commenting can, on my diet. <laughs> I can hook you up with, with the diet tricks. That's how oh. I stay so beautiful and healthy at 30. Okay. Rory did lose a lot of weight. I'll give it to him. When I first met him. Uh, he did not look like you look now, so I, I, I give him props for that. That's for sure. Yeah, still I mean, got that. I, you still need to take some of that hair from your beard and put it on top of your head, but we'll work on that. I don't need that. The, the ladies love the bald head. <laughs> uh, we have a guy that has a hair product company in here, so I don't know if he's going to agree with that one. I don't think he can hook me up with hair plugs. <laughs> Just call Donald <laughs> Trump up. He'll figure something out. It's hair product. It's not a magic wand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, we, right, had, well, we had to have Big Worm on, though, for this week. I texted him. I was like, one on for, fin- for Homestead? I was like, I saved it for you. He was like, hell yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, he's all about Homestead. I'm, I'm, I am also all about Homestead as a fan and a gambler. We come to some of these tracks and they're super exciting to watch as a fan, and you're hooked. You're you're hooked up the whole race. Uh, as a gambler, it's like, well, I just might as well throw blindfolded darts at the wall. Uh, Homestead, in my opinion, is both. It's it's incredibly entertaining to watch, even when you do have Larson out to an 18 second lead. Uh, I don't know if quite it was quite that big last year, but. I was in attendance. It was very fun to watch. 
probably a little biased because I did have Larson, but uh, last year was the first year that I got to see Homestead in person and to actually watch them rip the wall is, is very entertaining. So looking forward to that. Let's touch on Vegas from last week and, uh, and then we'll get into Homestead, talk some bets and uh, we'll talk about Zach's qualifying model. We'll talk about grid rival. By the way, we are four for five back to back. We could have gone five for five had the Blaney DQ not been rescinded. Um, so we're second in the stage and we're 38th overall instead of first in the stage, 31st overall. Um, but we're going to do rapid fire once again, uh, going late. And um, yeah, Vegas last week. That boy, Kyle Larson, I was all over him. I, I mean, I, I thought he had the car to beat. I I didn't think he was as good as I thought he was going to be. Um, you know, pretty good in clean air, was able to get out to a few second lead. Um, but when a so, couple of those restarts, when he was mired back in traffic, uh, he did not drive to the front like I thought he was. Now, the one time that he had tires after he slapped the wall, everybody else in front of him had a couple or no tires. Um, that was a pretty, pretty easy pickings on his part. But uh, man, how lucky did he get last week? Smacking the wall. He, he would have, it would have happened. What happened to Truex would have happened to him. He would have found himself in 23rd, last car on the lead lap, had that caution for Bowman not come out, um, and our bet would have been toast. So, uh, Roars, what did you think about Vegas? I know we had we were all on Kyle Larson. I think everybody on the planet was on Kyle Larson last week, so it feels good, buddy. Yeah, I, th I think I talked you into that. Didn't you put that in while we were <laughs> – while we I were did. on last I week. added and added and added and yeah, it was Yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a save. Scared the shit out of me. Thought everything was fucked. And Bowman got the call in and said, Hey, you need to wreck right now because we need a caution. Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wing call in. And then we had to pray to sweet baby Jesus in the Discord for the fast pit stop to come off pit road and it happened and the rest is history. Christopher Bell almost ruined a lot of days. And if that, uh, Chris, I think you said it earlier, if that race went one more lap, Seabell was winning that race and we would have all been left with our dick in our hands. So. I got enough Seabell live right there towards the end to cover shit. So. Well, thank God you did, Rory, but not everybody <laughs> pussed yeah. out and, and bet C-Bell, okay? So, <laughs> I, mean, I don't it know was about like... you, but by the way, I also have a ton on Larson to win the the the, the cup. So um, I was just, to be honest, you know, I, I agree with Mark. And Larson, if I could go back and, and I – knowing what I know now, I would not have nearly as much as I had on Larson. Like I wouldn't have, I would have had more on, you know, Chris Bell, although he didn't look as good in practice. Highland, I'm not sure what your model showed after practice. Where did you have Chris Bell? Um, because I didn't have him. I didn't have him as a top four or five car. Uh, I, I knew he'd be there, but I thought he would have to, you know, I thought he'd have to make up those spots on pit road. So, and, and then just kind of be there all day with that first pit stall, but he certainly didn't have to rely on that pit stall. It was the fastest car, you know, 25 or 30 laps into a run. He, he would run down anybody. So, and he did it running the wall. And that's the one thing that Chris Bell does not do as well as these other dirt trackers. He is not the same up against the wall as Larson. He's not the same up against the wall as Reddick. So, I'm curious where you had him in your I, in your model. 
Eighth. Eighth? Actually, yeah, I think Chris post, Bell expectations. Post practice and qualifying, Zach had him 12. Yeah, Zach, am 12. I reading that right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah 12. That was pre, my bad. And that's uh, – and if I look at practice, I had him the practice model that I'm using now too. Um, he didn't have – I don't see him anywhere on there right now. Trying to find him. He must have had a bad practice. Yeah, he, he looks like, like he was sixteenth. Yeah, fifteenth, sixteenth in practice. So yeah, he I, I was shocked that he stayed up there and let up you know, and it was a factor of the whole race. Boy, did he have a good fucking car at the end there. Whew. Um Zach, you also get a little research on the uh Caesars props. We had Number of drivers to lead a lap, most laps led, drivers not running after 133 laps, and also 18 and a half lead changes. I believe, I know for a fact the speed of the race went over because it was over under 135, 134 and a half. The speed of the race was 135, but I don't remember any of the other ones. Do you have those pulled up? But I'm pretty sure we did pretty good. Uh, I can look them up. Let me see. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot here. We went through them on Through the Gears. Me and Roy did last week, and I'm pretty sure we either went four for five or three for five, uh, and one of them was a plus money play. So uh, we are feeling good. Shout out Caesars for doing that. Uh, Chris, did you you didn't dabble in any of those. You're not a, a gimmicky prop guy, are you? Yeah, sometimes it's just due to limits. Uh, usually I, I love the fact that, um, you know, sports books are willing to go out there on a limb and, and do some of these auxiliary bets. I wish we could, the bets that I would love to see is like average running position. Let's do an average running position matchup. I think that that would be a great way to kind of bet on the faster guy. You might, they might be a little more juicy, but you know, this sport is so hard to bet. I mean, so many of my friends that are in the golf business that, that bet on the sport or, or tail some of my plays, they, they're like, okay, imagine you have like a six shot lead. And on 18, the PGA tour says, you know what? We're all going to restart and we're just going to do eight. We're just going to play the 18th hole. Now, if you're leading, you get to play the red tees. And then we're just going to go back from there. And then, so you have an advantage. You're starting ahead of everybody, but man, a lot can happen. I mean, you could hit it out of bounds and you could end up, you know, you could end up finishing 35th. So, um, I think that if you've got some auxiliary bets where it's like, who's going to have the better average running position? Who's going to lead the most laps? Who's going to have more fast laps? I think that that would be really interesting. But usually those smaller market stuff, they have smaller limits. Sure. Um, and, and sometimes I don't always have an edge on that stuff. So, uh, you know, we were one caution away from the under hitting on that, you know, that prop, you know, because mm -hmm. then then it probably goes down by a mile an hour and, or, or two. So. Uh, it is nice to have uh, a reference where Zach can just kind of plug in information and and spit something out on what the averages are or what the line should actually be. So I'm curious to hear how they ended up. How about uh, you, Zach? They want what was when we did the research. Each race, um, I forget which ones were which, but like they would either all be over or all be under on the prior three races. Mm -hmm. This race, they went. There was three overs and two unders. Uh, it was over on speed, over on most laps led, and over on lead changes, and then the under on led a lap and not 130 laps, 33 laps completed. So we went three for five. We went over on the speed. We went over on lead a lap. Uh, I mean, uh, laps led, 
and we went under on lead changes. So those cast, and then we lost on the 133 lap and drivers to lead a lap. But um, Profits, I don't think any of us actually had right? money down on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, bet it. Yeah, we didn't. Well, you of course, to, uh, of course not. <laughs> when you when you're handicapping that stuff, like you 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 have a model that kind of you okay, you live in those parameters, right? So we take Highline's models. Okay, we live in that parameters. Now we actually have to take a look at like, I would have been nervous with cautions. If you take a look at practice, there was a tire issue on Larson. He actually had a warning. You had uh, chase Elliott, obviously blow a tire and hit the wall. And then you have, I, I don't, not many people are talking about this, but I was listening to Byron's radio during practice. And he said, he thought he had a tire going down. So he Suarez up, too. Suarez too. So mm -hmm. at that point you can take all the, the history and all, everything from the model and you can go okay well we have a new tire this year is it going to hold up because if it doesn't hold up that shit's going under on, on race speed so mm -hmm. i think that the model is a great place to start and then you develop an opinion and an explanation as to why you like one side based on what the model gives you now it's different for matchups and outrights right because we have that perfected so when you see the highline model you're like okay great i like this this and this because i already know what to expect in the race but when you're when you're modeling new things, I'm sure Zach will come up with other things that you can that he can bring in there and say, hey, if there's uh, two cautions during a, a 20 minute practice, you know, 70 percent of the time, there's more than 11 cautions in the race. And then you'll have that information. So then you can have like your relative strength bars will get more and more narrow and you'll have a more comfortability in betting those things. So um, you definitely have to test it out. So it's important oh, yeah. that when the model spits something out, okay, were we right or were we wrong? And then that way we can communicate to Zach, hey, this is what you, this is what we need to do in the model, so that way we perfect it uh, more and more. The model yeah. doesn't spit, dude. It swallows. <laughs> Our model oh. swallows. Wow. Yeah. And then Caesars doesn't even have them this this time. Yeah. They anyway. <laughs> so. Somebody was listening yeah. to us, yeah. <laughs> even though we didn't take them. No, the, the one thing about Zach that I really appreciate is uh, he'll back test everything. It's like this qualifying thing. You've been doing it for like, I don't know, a few months now. Um, just rolled it out in the last few weeks. And then the model, you know, it changes from week to week. But also, I, I have faith that that post-practice qualifying model is going to swallow something uh, that I'm down to to bet on. So, um like it's absolutely a great place to start. It's the first place that I look uh, with all three series, uh, especially this early in the week. You know, if there's a huge discrepancy like we've seen in the past, you know, this week at Homestead, it's not a crazy discrepancy. We got Larson at one with a 2.35 metric, Hamlin at two, 2.95, Truex 3.45. There, are, you know, the the top six are all within five points. So, um, Zach, how do you how do you decipher? the model this early in the week compared to post practice and qualifying. I know the, the last, I know, especially the last two weeks you've been waiting uh, for good for, or you've been waiting to place your bets until after practice and qualifying same thing this week, or, or what are you looking at? Uh, Pre-practice and qualifying. I'm just looking for value. Um, I have what, you know, something I don't share, but it's something I keep for myself, that model rank and that speed number that you see translates to a fair market value odds. Um, so I'm looking at something there that's, you know, fairly different from what they're posting um, to just get down some something solid on a solid number that I think is only going to go down. 
that's one thing, Chris, that you talk about early in the week is just, I guess, for layman terms, beating the market, right? Yeah. The, you know, the goal early in the week, to Zach's point, is to just beat the market. You want to reduce the hold. The hold is what the casino or the odds makers do not pay out uh, on all of their futures bets. So the more you can reduce that, that's all you're trying to do before practice and qualifying, or that's all I'm trying to do. I'm certainly not trying to pick the winner. I'm trying to figure out where the market's going to go. So when you look at something like this week where you have Kyle Larson at, you know, anywhere from plus 250 to plus 275, I mean, where is the market going to go on that? Is he going to really go to like a nine to five favorite? I don't necessarily think so. This is still a, a cup race where they have restarts and there's cautions <laughs> and you can blow a tire. So uh, I think it's just really important to kind of predict where the market's going to go. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean who's going to be fast. The market does not mirror um, like race speed always. It sometimes mirrors where the public is going to bet. So I think that you have to just take in when you, when you're looking at the the futures market, okay, where is this going to go between practice qualifying and where the public is going to bet? Because, you know, we, we all know that these traders that, that set odds for NASCAR, are usually the youngest guys that work for an odds making company and they're going to be cautious. And, and if they see, I know that they track our IP addresses or wh whomever they're going to move based on our bets. So you have to kind of take that into consideration when you're, when you're placing your bets. So you definitely want to beat the market. There's nothing worse than having three or four outrights before practice and qualifying and then not beat the market. Yeah. You know, then you're just, you're behind the eight ball and you've pretty much uh, you're pretty much just trying to break even for the rest of the week. It's painful, especially yeah. when you take someone sub three to one at this point yeah. in the week. And, you know, let's just say Larson, which I don't expect it. Let's just say he's an eighth place car in practice. Then all of a sudden he's four and a half, five to one. And you're looking like a big old dummy. So let's talk about comp tracks real quick. Um, I know there's a, a few different ways you can splice it this week. You can look at mile and a halfs. You can look at all high-speed tracks. You can look at all high-tire wear tracks. You can look at what have you done for me lately. We've had three mile-and-a-halves in the playoffs. If you want to throw Darlington in there, that's four comp tracks you can look at in recent history. Um, I was talking to both Zach and Chris this week um, and got the same answer but also a little bit different. So I want to talk about that because I think that you know there's there's some weeks when, you know, when you're at Vegas, it's pretty simple. When you're at Texas, it's pretty simple. Uh, when you go to places like Darlington, Auto Club, Homestead, uh, Nashville, Dar it's just, you know, it's a little different. So, um, Zach, where are you weighting things? Are we looking at high tire wear? Are we looking at recency? Are we looking at, you know, how much are we weighting Homestead from last year? What are we looking at? Uh, I would say I consider Homestead a bigger Darlington. Um, that's how I look at it. It's momentum style. I don't think it's like a mile and a half like Vegas or Charlotte. Um, those tracks, you're you're the, you're trying to push it through the floorboard. Um, here, you're not. It takes a different. It's just more skill level to me, more like Darlington. Um, so I'm using Homestead from last year. Uh, the two Darlington races from this year is probably a lot of the model. Um, also using Auto Club nashville dover because i think dover is also a lot like darlington momentum style keeping your speed through the corners um lots of different lanes you can go high or low 
and, and that and a little bit of Nashville I have also, just a very small bit. I do like the high tire wear. Um, it, for example, let's look at and credit to Zach for his head to head function in the Discord. I got Brad Keselowski and Bubba Wallace pulled up. This is a matchup. Brad Keselowski minus 125. Bubba, I believe, is minus 115. And Bubba Wallace is someone that we have talked about all year on mile and a half. You know, he's got four or five top five finishes, you know, between Kansas, Vegas, Charlotte, and Texas, uh, with a couple that could have been top fives had he not wrecked. And, and then we look at, all high tire wear. If you kind of if you take those Vegas, Kansas, Charlotte, Texas out, and you just look at high tire wear, uh, he's got well, he's got two finishes inside the top ten. Both are at Darlington, but Brad Keselowski has him beat at every single high tire wear comp track that there is, even the both Darlingtons that Bubba ran. So I think there's something to be said about the skill level, driving homestead, driving style, driving line. Um, and, and also guys that are better at conserving tires, better on the long run. Chris, I don't know if you said this while we were recording or if it was before, but um, you know Kyle Larson on the long run on, at, at Homestead is just unbelievable. Um, and it's, it's something that we expect at some point, at this point. Um, but Chris, what are your thoughts on high tire wear versus what have you done for me lately versus everything as a whole this year, Homestead from last year? What are you looking at? I think that the best place to start is Homestead last year. And then I would say I, I would agree with Zach that both Darlington's and Fontana. Um, but I want to add a little bit more to that explanation. And now, and I've never really thought about these concrete tracks in Nashville and Dover, but let's think about why Larson's fast at Homestead first. Larson's fast at Homestead, not because he's ripping the top off of, you know, coming off of the corner. It's his entry more so than his exit. And he's able to carry more speed through the center of the corner. That's when you see Larson make up a lot of his ground because he's got the nuts to drive it in there and enter higher. So I think to actually like steel man Zach's argument on Dover I, I would not include Nashville. That's just, I just don't know enough about Nashville. I've always, I've only seen it twice, right? But at Dover, Larson does diamond the corner. He has a different line than everyone else, which is the same thing you see. He kind of, he diamonds the corner at Darlington, which he's obviously been really successful, but he also does it at Dover. He drives kind of straight down the hill. So he he's the highest at the apex of the corner. And then he almost kind of cuts down into like the middle or to the bottom groove. And that's how he's able to find his speed. So I think I, I like Dover more than I like Nashville to be included on there. But I still think that when it comes to Homestead, it's just, he's able to enter so much higher and you'll, you'll hear it on, over the radio, like the SMT for, they'll be like, uh, he's just entering <laughs> like, like way higher than everyone else when it comes to turn one and turn three. And I think he's able to make up more speed in the corner than most people. And then obviously his exit's going to be great. If you have more, more speed in the middle of the corner, the center of the corner and in the exit, you're obviously going to have more straightaway speed too. So there's also, what have you done for me lately? If you look at a track like Texas, like you just have to be raw speed. I mean, they were not letting up. There was no one, you know, for the first 10 laps of a run, no one's letting up. Everyone's just trying to find the fastest line. They're trying to to draft on the straightaways. They're trying to 
um, to, to catch a, a left rear quarter panel, to make a pass on the inside, and the same thing on the outside. So, uh, and, and who was the fastest there? That was Kyle Larson. He was the only guy that was able to run away from the field. He got up to a five or six second lead where no one else that took the lead was able to do that. So I think that you throw in the fact that he won Vegas, although not the best car, um, but you look at the speed that he's had just on mile and a half and high tire wear, he has to be the favorite. Um, but I don't think anyone's arguing that it's, it's how do we make money on other guys, even if Larson wins? And I think that that's where we're kind of at at this point in the week. Let's just assume that Larson's going to win. How do we set ourselves up to make sure we make money this week? Uh, whether it's with matchups or, or top fives or top tens. Yeah. It also, I think helps with tire wear with his line too. Let's the tires hold up longer. So Rory, you'll remember this. Do you, do you use up your tires more on the, you use up your tires more on the bottom, right? Right. Okay. So, so yeah, there's Larson can go up there and find speed. Now he's never been great on the short run at Homestead ever. Nope. Like he's well, Darlington, I mean, he's even struggled on the short run, re, you know, and he's here a bad recently shooter. Let's, too. Let's yeah. be honest. I like mean, the guy just loves to not win late in races. But if you get yeah. a long run, um, he's just able to protect his tires to where he's two to three tenths faster, just ripping that top line. So, um, that, that just made everything just makes way more sense when you know he's the first to the top, so he's conserving a little bit of tire. It might cost him a little bit in the short run, but if you get a 30 lap run, he's gonna be two tenths a lap faster. Well, I, I like his chances if he's two tenths a second faster uh, a lap in the long run. But like you said, it's tough to well, first of all, it's tough to bet Kyle Larson at this. We expect what we expect from Kyle Larson this week, but. You know, we got to look at props. You know, in Zach's case, qualifying has been hot. Got to ride that. Um, the matchup market has not been favorable to me. We cashed one last week with Bowman over Hosvar, which they both wrecked. So cross your fingers. Thank you, Lord. Um, but w- w- what else? I mean, I like the top 10 market this week. I think we should talk about uh, a couple guys. Uh, I like, I think we're all. On Brad Keselowski, I'm going to take the thunder here. It's not my credit. Zach was on him as soon as odds dropped. Um, I'm not as crazy about him outright. I I do think that that number is going to get worse throughout the week, meaning get on him now if you're going to take him. Uh, But Brad Keselowski top 10 is minus 110 on a few different books. I know Bet365, I think Caesars has it around there, maybe a little worse. Minus 130 on Caesars. Yeah, yeah. See, I'd probably probably still take it. But if you can get a minus 110, that's just um, nuts. Some of the the NLD speed rankings he's had, uh, fifth at Homestead last year, sixth at both Darlington, seventh at Dover, eighth at Nashville, fourth at Vegas, two, sixth at Texas, sixth at Kansas, two. So it doesn't matter if you're looking at high tire wear, if you're looking at mile and a half, if you're looking at what have you done for me lately. Everything has been inside the top ten for Brad Keselowski. So, um, Zach, this is this is somebody that you were on early in the week, like within five minutes of odds dropping. Um, and I know the model has him at pretty high up there. So what do you like about Brad this week? Uh, he's just shown speed at Darlington a lot this year. Um, I think he was sixth in speed, my speed rankings at both races. Uh, he was good at auto club last year. And I, f- I feel like, and I'm sure we all think the same that his team is so much better this year than last. Yeah. Way better. 
So, I mean, if he could, I think he, my speed ranking six, I don't, I don't look at finishing order. So, but he was, he was good here last year. Yeah. Finished he's fifth. Good, he's good at Darlington. Sat on the pole too. Right? I, I hammered the top five number. Um, at, I got 225. So I, I'm, I, and I got him 22 to one. I just think he's going to be in the mix. He'll be up there all day. Brad Keselowski has not started outside of the top nine since 2010. How about that? Jesus. Didn't Brad find set a on the pole here nah. last year? No, started uh, Byron did. Billy, right. Willie B, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. But he has five consecutive stages uh, collecting stage points. He also let – this was in the two car, but in 2021 he led 47 laps here. So love his track history, love his comp track speed, love his finishes on comp tracks. I love the momentum from Brad K. Um, I haven't heard the top five number being played much, but yeah, uh, that sounds that. a little fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't bet much when it's like you know plus one hundred. I like like I like a lot of money. You like some juiciness? Can we talk about um, Austin Dillon, Chris? You brought him up, buddy. Yeah, I played him. Um, he opened six to one, top ten. I thought that was a pretty generous price. Um, I, I, I think this is the one one of the few tracks where I actually you got Fred, you got Brett Fred, right? I do. Yeah, he's plus eleven hundred on there. Oh what? my god! Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I a just, lot of money in there. Let me bet that right now. I just had some. Ryan Helms just texted me and was like, "What do you think about Austin Dillon plus eleven hundred top ten on Bet Fred?" And I was like, "Well, I kind of like it because I heard Worm talking about it earlier." Yeah, yeah. I mean, his average finish there. I think oh, I don't know how, how many races. Like nine points something. Yeah, so Austin Dillon, I do trust at high tire wear tracks, especially Homestead. I know I had him top ten last year, but I think it was a terrible price, like a three to one price. So, um, yeah, last me, uh, last time Austin Dillon finished outside the top twelve was eight races ago in 2015. He finished fourteenth. He's got a pretty good track record here at Homestead. Zach, do you have do you have an opinion on AD? He's good at Darlington too. So the like that. That's one thing I'll throw in. I fucking plus eleven hundred shit. That's yeah, a monstrous I also, have, number. I also have a six to one price for sale because I'm going to bet this one too. Yeah, I mean, oh, and AJ Allmendinger is eleven to one too. He was great here last yeah. year. Yeah, and the well, model Otto, likes him too. Yeah, Otto Lotto likes him on that. I just texted him and told him Fred had him eleven hundred too because he already took him on Caesars at like eight hundred, I think, earlier in the week. See if they take this bet. Oh, it's getting referred to a trader. Oh, good. Zach, go ahead. what were you gonna say? Uh just he uh I could see the number. That's a really good number. I don't think you can pass that up. What yeah. about what what is the what do you guys what does NLD have uh on AJ Almendinger? I have him 15th overall, and he's had the 15th uh average speed NLD speed at my comp tracks. Fourth, yeah, one, my one concern is: Would you guys all agree that Collig maybe took a step backwards this year? Yes, you know, yes. Like that last year. Yes, after hearing after hearing some of Chris Rice's comments about it's just like it's been gotten too big too quick and it's hard to keep up with both series and everything. I don't know it. 
they have f- fallen back in cup, especially. They grew quick. AJ Allmendinger's NLD speed, fourth at Homestead last year. That's a that must be a discrepancy from from others, but we'll have to look into that. Ninth at Auto uh, Club, eleventh uh, at Nashville. He finished third last year at Homestead. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And he almost finished second. Okay, so I mean, how criminal is this? How criminal is this? I'm going to tell you exactly how much I tried to bet on Austin Dillon. I'm going to tell you exactly <laughs> what just fucking happened. I tried to put $500 on Austin Dillon at 11 to 1 top 10. Bet Fred takes you know the little spin wheel of death it's being referred to a trader they move him to five to one and they make my max bet two dollars and 25 cents oh just fucking great seriously (laughs) it's just ridiculous are you kidding me like so not only that they move the line like that could you imagine that would be like a hedge fund saying hey we're gonna buy 20 million dollars worth of apple stock and then all of a sudden um the broker decides to say oh um yeah, you wanted it 250 and I don't even know what the, the cost of Apple stock is. You wanted it 225 Ah, Let me talk to someone. We do have that much available, but y- you know what? We're only going to let you buy a million, and it's now 270 Like, how is this? Or, or $2.50. That's like less than half a percent well, of what I you tried to bet. $2.25. Oh, I'm not going to play it now. <laughs> Two dollars and twenty-five cents to win eleven dollars and twenty-five cents. Oh, this—that's fun. We're gonna make some money this weekend, aren't we? He's yeah. six to one on DraftKings. I think that's probably the best you're gonna get, and I don't know that is where you're gonna get down, but that's um, just just that's frustrating. I had someone they just canceled my bet last weekend because I found red. No, an offshore. I, um, oh yeah, those are tougher. The, yeah. the I have an issue more with just these legal sports books that are just allowed to like be bad at their jobs. Yeah. Listen, I I have a business, and if I do a shitty job at my business, I go out of business. I don't get to just say, "Oh, that was a mistake." I'm just gonna I'm going to at the customer's expense. It's gonna cost them because I made a mistake. That's essentially what odds makers get to do. Do you I'm think away from losing my mind? Do you think that this I want to talk about it for a second. This whole gaming license and how difficult it is to obtain a gaming gaming license just gives them the, the free reign to do whatever they want. Listen, they feel, they feel, you know, confident and that they're not going to lose business. I'm I'm reading a book right now called The Myth of Capitalism and it talks about how very few businesses actually have competition once you get to a certain point. When you limit the number of licenses entering a state, that is not perfect competition. That's actually the opposite of perfect competition. Then whenever you have an oligopoly, which is going to be, you know, a small number of businesses that can collude together to decide the price of something, you no longer have competition and they're allowed to just say, you know what, we're, we're not going to play nice. And I mean, I'm banned everywhere. There's like, I can't. (laughs) There's not one betting site that's in my name that I can bet. And whenever you're limited, let's just say in Arizona, there's 12 books, right? Well, let's just say four of them don't carry NASCAR. And one of them is shady and they haven't paid out people, but they somehow got a license. That leaves us like eight true books in a state. You're telling me that you can have perfect competition with eight businesses. That's not competition. 
that's they'll, they'll, they can all talk to each other. And by the way, it's a small it's a small world. They all know, they all know one another. So and they all copy odds from somewhere else. So this is not like there's no differentiation of product. There's none. I mean, every now and then, like Highline, I don't know where you got uh, Brad at 22, but I only saw 20. So you 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 found somewhere that had 22, right? DraftKings. DraftKings yeah. open 22. Okay. Yeah, they're open. That's, but that's just a small, like, there should be, if you want pure competition, you have to have more than X amount of licenses. You cannot have, you cannot have less than 10, like, places to bet. This is a, it's a problem. And the fact that, I get it. They are up against, they're up against guys that really know what they're doing. I get it. And there's a lot of liability, right? That's an 11 to one. It's not a coin toss. It's not an NFL game. Like there's a li- lot of liability there, but they should not just be allowed to not accept the bet, change the price and lower your bet amount. Like, I don't mind. Give me $2 and 25 cents, but leave it at 11 to one. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to say, Oh, we'll take the, let me, it's like you're posting something and then you try to, you post a price at 11 to one, but that's not even a real price, right? They can decide to decline any bet and say, no, we don't want that bet. Who who decides the gaming license? Is it the state? Is it the gaming commission? Is it the government? I, I, man, that would be a question for Todd. I would think it's the state. Here's how it works. So I'm a rich guy and I want to have a bunch of money. So then I just buy a politician and then I can control who gets the gaming license. Oh, oh, lobbyists. Yeah. <laughs> like PA, I think I have seven options in PA where if I drive to Ohio, I have 20. Yeah. So, and there's, yeah, it's ridiculous. There, there's books that are well established across 18, 20 different states that have a license in Pennsylvania and won't open up. Yeah, right? that Bet three sixty five has had a license since January. They bought one, and it just it's still sitting there, not used. Bet and all I see is, is the best. Yeah, how pissed am I every day? I see Rory piss, posting it, and I'm like, "You have a license, use it." Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna work on that. Yeah, it'll be fixed. It, I'll be betting there next year. You can bet under Whitney's account. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'll just drive to Virginia. It ain't that far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk uh, quality bets. Then we'll give out a shit box, which Chris, you haven't been on a while. Shit box is just a play. It's, it's, it's opposite of what you think it would be. Um, and then we'll get grid rival and then we'll, we're going to hop on out of here. So uh, Zach, I know that the, the big one has moved. Uh, it happened. The same thing happened last week, but where are we at qualifying? Uh, one, one thing real quick. You guys mentioned how you like betting this track. My first wins in betting were at this track. I swept the weekend. My insider, 80 to 1. And then I followed it up the next day. William Byron, 50 to 1. Damn. 2021? And I've been hooked ever since. And that's why, like, I can't can't bet anything like the low numbers. I just, I don't know, ever since that day. That is an addiction there, buddy. That's how it starts. So for qualifying, Caesars was kind enough to open uh, Bell up at ten to one. It's like golly, it's like 
uh, two now, I think. I don't know. Two seventy five. Yeah. So I got him at ten to one, but that's not going to really help anyone else. Um, the other two guys I like are, are Reddick and Byron. Um, they've moved a little bit. I got them at six and seven, and I think they're at five and six right now. <clears throat> I think you can make a case for Denny, but not at his odds or Larson. Uh, they're four and five in my power rankings. So it goes Reddick, Byron, Bell, Hamlin, Larson. Um, and I got down on the top three. So there's no sense in – I mean, Hamlin just had five straight poles at Homestead. But he's 260. Larson yeah. on Caesars is minus 110. That's re- wild. I'll uh, tell Bell. you somebody that I like that's kind of cheer, a decent buddy. number. Blaney. Really? Yeah. I think Blaney could lay down a fast lap. It's 16. I think he's 16. Yeah, 15 on uh, Caesar Sportsbook. So I'm um, using – I have like five points of data I'm using um, because two of the tracks didn't have qualifying that I use. Um, Reddick made the final group in all five. Um, Byron made the final group in all four, and he had four top five starts in those five races. Mm. So I, I like those two more than Bell, but the, when the, I saw Bell at 10, I just had to I had to hit it. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. Bell pulls at Auto Club, second at Dover, pull at Darlington 2, pull at Kansas 2, pull at Las Vegas 2. Sheesh. Um, Blaney hasn't been great of late, but a fourth starting position at Darlington two, eighth at Charlotte, uh, third at Dover, third at Vegas one, ninth at Fontana. Dover and Auto Club are um, they didn't have qualifying. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, they, yeah it was those are those are yeah. the two races I'm missing in my Shit. my uh, power rankings. But I'd he love to have them. He was what sixth and. He's ninth. He's made one final group and one top five, and that was at Darlington. I mean, so recency, he's he's been right there. All right, if you had to pick one guy between Byron and Reddick that are still playable, unlike Bell, who would you take? Reddick. Okay. And you, I don't think you can run the top during qualifying, right? No. I don't think that matters at all. Yeah. No. Rush tires, the bottom is the best. Yeah, maybe the middle. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe you catch a seam there. Okay, well, I I have joined you the last two weeks on qual on qualifying bets, but I uh I won't be able to get down until later, and I imagine Bell's going to be ridiculous. So, um, anything else before we get to shitbox and grid rival? Feeling I got good. I got a couple qualifying head to heads too. Ooh, let's see. I did a, a where is it? So I got Keselowski over Elliott, Blaney over Busher, and Bell over Kyle Bush. I did a parlay on those three. Yeah, so um, uh, Keselowski is minus 140 over Elliott. Blaney's an underdog to Busher, plus 110. And then Bell is ridiculous at minus 185. But that plus 110 probably give you a nice little payout there. Let's see what it is now. Uh, the odds on the parlay is like plus 400, a little more than that. Yeah, 450. Yeah, I didn't bet much on it. I just wanted to see. Just kind of, like I said, playing around, testing stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah, okay. I but Chris, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, Larson and Hamlin are in a qualifying matchup together, and I just talked about Hamlin, how he just had all those five poles in a row going back 
before last year. Um, five poles in a row. That doesn't really help us with next-gen stats, but he's plus 165 to Larson. Zach, Ch- uh, Chris, any thoughts on that? Not a big qualifying better, but I feel like that should be more like an even money bet. I mean, and you're going to give me plus 165? I think long run, you make money betting Denny Hamlin there. I, I mean, how many times, just, if you just, I don't have this information right in front of me, I mean, how many times has Larson just out-qualified Denny Hamlin this entire year? I I, I don't think he has. You know, with the, they are correlating Larson's long-run speed to short-run speed, mm-hmm. and that's just not the same. And I know he is coming off a, a second-place qualifying in Vegas, but you don't let off the gas in Vegas. You literally just have it floored. So here, you're actually going to have to let off the gas a little bit, especially in that the the second round of qualifying, right? You're going to have one lap on your tires. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to be let, letting off. So, um, I don't know. I might I might even play that. I might nibble a little of that the plus one sixty five. Yeah, yeah. I have them. <laughs> I've They're seen right. that. That's stupid. Yeah, Zach. What does your model have? They're fourth and fifth. Denny's ahead of them by like point one point. Um, at the correlating tracks, Larson's actually won four of the five which is weird, but it's only like Larson seventh, Denny eighth at Darlington one. Um, at Nashville, Larson seventh, Denny eighth. At Darlington two, Denny was second and Larson was 18th. Um, if you look at that whole, Hendrick was terrible at Darlington two and qualifying for some reason. What happened at Kansas this year? Um, at Kansas two. Let's just say Kansas two. Bring that up. I want to I say Larson, Larson second, 10. Hamlin 14th. Yeah. I don't know. I still just think if you just look at the price, if you just take a super macro, let's not look at it too closely. Mm-hmm. Does it seem like Kyle Larson has dominated Denny Hamlin this year in qualifying? I would say yeah. no. I don't think he has, but he's priced like he is. So, yeah. See, that's that's where the the thinking and the knowledge and the experience comes into play to know that the books, Caesars in particular, they are looking at Kyle Larson's race pace at Homestead. They yeah, are not sure. looking at at his qualifying ability, either one of them. So, yeah, I think. All right, that, so here might it? be something to think about. Hamlin is in Group A, Larson in Group B. And B has been the one that's been that's had the edge, right? Or is it A? Yeah, but you got to look at who he's with. He's only with Bell, Blaney. This is Group A with Hamlin, Truex, Keselowski, Kyle Busch. I mean, so I he's got a good shot of advancing. I think he's got a great so, shot of advancing. Yeah. So I okay. So I'll, Group B, I like that. Group B, you're gonna have Bell and Byron already, right? Yeah. So you're the I, I don't think Larson out qualifies either one of those guys. So the best he can do is third. Yep. That's a good point, Rory. Like uh Yeah, I think Jack, he's got an awesome shot of of at least advancing and giving you a shot for the final round. And then anything can happen because it'll be all equal then. Plus his car will be a little bit more cooler because Larson goes out late. Well, okay, so yeah, you have well, Hamlin has Bell, Blaney, Kyle Bush, and Truex. And Truex. 
And then Larson will have Byron, Reddick, Busher, Elliott, Chastain, Logano. I mean, Larson's going to get through to the final stage, I think. Like, Byron and Reddick might beat him. I don't think Chris Busher's beating him. I don't think Chase Elliott's beating him. I don't think Ross Chastain's beating him. I don't think Joey Logano's beating him. So, I don't know. I still, I just think that if you just, I'm looking at this purely at price plus sure, one sixty five. Sure. Yeah, I think that that's that's why you would take it. That's your explanation. All right, um, that sounds good. Anything else on the qualifying fronts before we get to oh shit boxes? It's all right. Once again, listen. It's I late. got one question. I want to hear Worms take on Harvick this week. Just because I can tell you exactly what's going to happen this week with Kevin Harvick. Oh, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. He's going to look like shit in practice. He's going to qualify like shit. I'm going to, it's going to take every bone in my body to not fade him in matchups. And he's going to run eighth. Like the only expectation is that he will exceed expectations after practice and qualifying. That's all that'll happen. That's the same thing with him week in and week out. I thought he underperformed at Vegas, but you got to remember there's a lot more on throttle time in Vegas. I think where Kevin Harvick sets himself apart with SHR is the fact when there's a lot of off throttle time, I think that's when you actually, the car goes back into the driver's hands and that's why Kevin Harvick has been way more successful than SHR. I think that if you're interested in betting on Kevin Harvick, wait till after practice and qualifying, he hasn't blown the doors off anybody in either one of those. He always looks terrible. I always want to bet against him, but I always know better because sure enough, he finds himself in the top 10 late. I anticipate him to finish in the top 10. But I don't like that plus one ten price yet because I think you might get a better price after practice and qualifying. About plus one forty. Bet three sixty five. Oh yeah, plus one forty. Because <laughs> I've been contemplating playing the top ten and I can't decide. Yeah, plus one forty is probably fair. I would say that's listen, do I think he finishes in the top ten? Yes. Ultimately I do. But you just want to make sure you're grabbing the best price. And so la- I would so, say I would say at plus one forty, it's probably worth a nibble. I would that's say, what I was getting ready to say. Nibble yeah. it now. Wait, nibble now. Maybe take for half of whatever you were planning on betting it for, and that way, if he does struggle a little bit in qualifying, you can maybe add him at plus one sixty or something like that, and you'll average out to like a an implied odds of like plus one fifty or so. That would be. That's what I think. Starting positions for Kevin Harvick last three. Mile and a half, Kansas, Texas, Vegas, 20th, 22nd, 24th. I don't know what about, about Darlington. Speeds. Where did he qualify at Darlington? Darlington, two, he was seventh. Darlington, one, he was 20th. So, you know, Charlotte, he's got a second there, and everything else is low teens. Fontana. You're betting well, race pace. You're yeah, not yeah. betting qualifying. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. I mean, Star- I'm well, going I was just of, thinking about I'm odds. Of, I'm going straight off of Darlington. He had the – he had a car. He was good, man. <laughs> good. It, it fucked me. That damn caution. Ryan <laughs> Newman? No, fucking. Oh, Ryan Reddit. Newman was running top 10 lap times, according to Jeff Burton. Like, what? <laughs> how, do, how do people get away with that? Like, could you imagine if someone, like, in the NFL or in any other sport said something that fucking ridiculous? It would they they wouldn't lose their job, but they'd catch shit for it. Jeff Burton just gets something because uh, uh, Ryan Newman in the fifty one car is running top ten lap times. I'm like, uh, no, he's not. I no, said not. in the and middle then, of 
middle of last week's race, I was like, I wish the fuck. I was like, Jeff Burton is a fucking moron, and I wish I could mute everybody but Dale Jr. on this fucking broadcast. I like. I just don't like Jeff Burton because his boy took my boy's ride. But no, that was when Reddick slammed on the brakes. Oh, that's right. Right before caution. Right before pit stops, or right after. Yeah. 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 One. One more. One more little. uh, Little prop here. Uh, that Phil brought to our attention drivers to finish on the lead lap. So Caesars does have one prop for us this week. Um, and a couple of the stats that Phil did the research on, I did not, I just worked smarter, not harder. I just started typing when he started talking. So um, last two at Homestead were over 21 and a half drivers finish on the lead lap. That's minus 125 for the over, minus 105 for the under. Uh, this season, the last 15 races, 12 of them have been over 21 and a half. And the average on the nine comp tracks that there's a mixture of high tire wear and mile and a half, the average is 22.6. So the numbers are leaning over for this prop. And Phil said the number opened at 20, 20 and a half, and now it's 21 and a half. Any thoughts on that? Do we think? This is going to be a snooze fest. Uh, I mean, we had we did have some funky cautions last year. We had one in the third stage. Um, do you think it's you know playoff race minding your p's and q's or what? Are we any thoughts? Well, Either do you way, think there's going to be a late race caution or not? Like if there's a long green flag run, I like the under. If there's not a long green flag run, I like the over. Right? Like I, I don't know. I'm kind of right where. Hang on. With this last caution is kind of where I have it saved on my iPad. I'll see how many guys are on the lead lap. Um, it'll have to scroll here for a second. But with 25 laps to go, meaning there was Larson had a only a 1.5 second. Or no, he was actually losing to Truex. So this is before the caution. If it had gone green, I think it's I think it's an under. If it if there's a caution late, cars are going to take the wave around and hope that they can get another quick caution, then throw on tires. So you're just betting a, a late race caution or not? Well, the wave around I didn't think about kind of turns me off from this whole bet. Yeah, just don't even worry about it because you do have a, a, a untimely caution. We had one in Vegas last week. Like there was it was like 19 cars in the lead lap. Next thing we know, maybe it had been less than that. Next thing we know, there's 29 in the lead lap. Uh, with that funky Bowman caution right before the stage. So Okay, so with 45 laps to go, which is before the caution, um, there was 19 cars on the lead lap. And by the way, if it had stayed green, there probably would have been like 14 cars or 13 cars on the lead lap. So uh, you're just betting on a caution there, in yeah, my opinion. Because if yeah, Larson, Last year ended up over. So, And it's a dominator-type track where if someone is the best car and they get out to the lead, like... They're going to be tough. I mean, well, 45 laps to go. Larson wasn't even leading, and there was still only that many cars. Remember Truex was in first coming down pit road and then spun on pit road? Oh, yeah. And, oh, Larson yeah. Spun, Larson spun him on pit road because no. fucking Truex. Truex forgot where his pit stall was. Yeah, that's what happened. Dumbass. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, it's either time. it's either him or Smalls. <laughs> Smalls. Let me see. Every week, it's like, how can we fuck this race up? 
<laughs> Let me see if I can uh, do a little stump Rory here. Oh, I like it. All right. So I looked the last seven seasons. The guy that won the first race of the round of eight. How many of those seven went on to win the next race? And if if the Logano in 2015, he swept the round of eight. Right? Uh, Or one of those damn years. It's one. It's one. It's Kyle Larson in 2015. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Everyone else, Logano 18th, Larson first, Logano 10th. Truex 6th, Logano 3rd, Kyle Busch 14th, and Jimmy Johnson 11th. We now, haven't granted, talked... the races were different. So, like, I think when Larson won, I think it was Texas, Vegas. So, you know, but just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, Rory's Larson historian. Was faster than the rest of the world at the end of that that 2021 yeah. season. Yeah. It is crazy. It still came down to a pit stop for him to win though. He doesn't yeah. win the championship without that pit stop. Sure. So yeah. Which is dumb. Wait, I'm, it's I'm, tough I'm, for I'm futures a, betting. That's for sure. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't mean. do it. Yeah. I'm, well, I think if you were sitting on a, a ton of money on Kyle Larson at seven to one right now, you'd be happy. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I got him at six, but yeah, I'm, 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 I feel you. I got Hamlin, I got Bell, I got Larson, and I got some free play on Byron. And what did you get Hamlin at? Ooh, seven fifty. Because I'm sitting on right now. I have Truex at thirty. I have Chris Bell at twenty five. I have Larson at six, seven, and eight, and then I have Reddick at twenty five. So I am definitely naked on Byron, Hamlin, uh, and Blaney and Busher. Pending how it falls, are you even thinking about hedging when we get there? Yeah, the 750 only thing on I would Hamlin. do at this point is I would add to Tyler Reddick. He's 20 to 1 still. Like yeah. he's only a couple points outside of the playoffs. The problem is it's going to be so hard to make up points, even if he goes out there and wins stage one and stage two and finishes second. I mean, realistically, how many points is he going to gain on Denny Hamlin? Maybe eight points, and that's a dominant race. Now you're going into Hamlin's playground at Martinsville with Reddick, who can't, couldn't pin the tail on the donkey at at Martinsville. So it, he's going to have to win. This is almost a must win for Reddick unless someone finds trouble. It doesn't matter who it mm-hmm. is. It could be Truex, it could be Byron, it could be Hamlin. Then I think Reddick actually has a realistic chance. But I think that's the only bet you can make at this point is is Reddick. So when we get to Phoenix and Byron is four and a half to one, do you just hope and pray? I pound Byron. No, okay. I got enough where I can hedge. Okay. Yeah. Um, guys, yeah. For like but the championship four. four. Yeah. The, for the championship four, the most you can get is usually like three to one. Yeah. Plus 225 is probably. Uh, yeah. You're not getting that anyway. by one, two. Yeah, Larson three four. And, and Byron, you know. <laughs> What's that fifty extra horsepower? Yeah, Chris, have you heard this? Rory did some digging, and apparently, there's a threshold of they can, the teams can produce up to seven hundred horsepower. And he thinks that when we get to Phoenix, that everybody's got six fifty, and the other four have got seven hundred. That's his theory. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> It is tough to argue with. I mean, 
I last year was funky. I mean, Blaney, last year was funky. Blaney was the fastest last year. If, if, because there, okay, so once Logano got the lead and Blaney actually had to pass a couple cards, I think he had to pass Chase Briscoe and I think he maybe had to pass Ross Chastain. You get the second. Yeah. Okay. By the way, all day, no one passed Ryan Blaney. Not one car under green passed Ryan Blaney. Mm-hmm. So if you're Roger Penske, and you know you have a car that's in second place that can't be passed, and you have the leader, he ain't going to get passed either. Mm-mm. So, uh, But I do think, I think Ryan Blaney kind of throws a little wrench into there because he could have passed, he could have beat Logano last year. Yeah. Um, but Dude, we're, we're sleeping on Blaney. That motherfucker could go out and win Martinsville. I know. We're, we're sleeping on him. Okay, but so, but if that's the case, you still have to wait to bet him to win the championship. Because he is not gonna, he's not gonna cut into the any of these points this week, mm-hmm. unless nah. there's an issue, right? So I think you wait, you get a better price. You might get him at fifty to one because he's gonna be, you know, fifty points back. I mean, shit. C. Bell was a hundred to one going to Martinsville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, that was incredible. It's nuts, dude. It didn't that work whole out. race last year was nutty. Rory and I, I didn't be there this year. We're going to run out to the parking lot like I did because our internet's going to be shit. And we're going to bet live, and then we come back in and hit the winner right. like last year. All right. Oh, middle, All right. Dude, Roy, that was the race that Roy got caught double burden the camera. Fucking oh, live yeah. TV. That was the Xfinity race <laughs> when Gibbs wrecked Jones. I'm just like. I was furious. I was yeah, scared. I had a Sam Mayer matchup. I was not happy about that. No. no. Brandon, no, it was Brandon, Brandon Jones. Jones. Brandon Jones. Everything. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Brandon Jones. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get in shit boxes. Then we're gonna rattle through grid rival and then we're going to bed. So uh I'll go first. I already talked about mine because I only have uh, a couple bets. And uh but Brad Keselowski top ten minus one ten is my favorite bet right now. Uh yeah, qualifying well at Homestead. I think ninth is Worst qualifying, so he's going to be up front. Um, he's finished top 10 in like six of the nine comps that we're looking at. Uh, his NLD speed has been up there too. It's not like he's been lucking into some of these finishes, kind of like Chastain has. Um, and I, I just I love Brad this week. Uh, let's look at some finishes here. Uh, seventh at Fontana, eighth at Dover, fourth at Darlington, one, sixth Darlington, two, ninth at Kansas, seventh Texas, fourth at Vegas. So three in a row on mile and a halfs, actually four in a row on speedways in the playoffs for a top tenner. He's third best in average finish uh, over the nine comp tracks the whole season, uh, which ten point zero nine average running position. Uh, he's sixth across all nine, and his worst average running position across the last four has been ninth, and that was Darlington. So 6.7 at Kansas, 7.7 at Texas, 6.8 at Vegas. So Brad Keselowski, minus 110, top 10, uh, and Chris said is minus 130 at Caesars. I'd probably still play it there. So uh, Roars, I'm, you got to be ready to fire. Okay. What's your bet this week, Bubba? Red dog, top five, even money. Ooh. Love it. I don't That's a no great expl- explanation. I'm so excited for that. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like I need much much explanation right, here you know other what? than rips the top almost as good as Larson, and I expect for them to have the two best cars this weekend. 
finished second at Darlington two, won Kansas. Um, I'm pretty sure he had a good car at Darlington one, but he finished 22nd, uh, fifth at Charlotte, ninth at Kansas, seventh at Dover. Uh, but yeah, it ripped the top. Thank you, Mister Stati- Statistician. Over no, there. Zach is a statistician. I just read it off the screen. Reddick is tenth uh, in the model this week. Though. If you watch the races, you know Red Dog's good. Here. I know Red Dog is good. It's like this. I mean, certainly. That's my that's my explanation. I watch the races. Leave it there. That's fine. Okay, so I actually want to challenge you a little bit, Rory. Is there a situation? Where Red Dog finishes fourth or fifth, or is I mean, there uh, a chance that he finishes first, second, or third? Or I mean, first? you could go top three and get a little bit more out of That's it. A, I'm just asking. I guess, like, I, I just mean, think with him, it's like he's going to be top three, or he's not going to be in the top ten, right? So I don't know. Just so if you. Now the the opposite side of the argument would be if with forty to go he has a slow pit stop and he he comes off eighteenth, then he can work his way back into the top five. But I just think that if he keeps it, if he keeps all the fenders on there and he finds, I think he's a top three car. To to add to your point, you know, so maybe it's worth the payout there. My thing on placements, like when you're dealing with top fives and top threes is, is if, if I can get even money or plus money at top five, okay. I usually always play more conservatively and drop back to top five. Now, if I need to go up to top three to get it plus money, then I'll go top okay. three. If that's I'm, fair enough. I, that's, that's how I've been kind of doing it. Okay. Over no, that's the, that's good. I was just I was just trying to figure out a little bit more of an explanation. What is he on top three? I mean, I don't mind the top three on him because I do think he's going to be good. Plus one seventy. Yeah, I don't yeah, like that. I like the even yeah, money more. I'd like rather get the even like a money plus too. Twenty five or something like that. I like that. So that answers the question. Yeah, one seventy. I don't think you're getting any better than no, that. No, I wouldn't want one plus one seventy for a top three. The value. If we got plus two hundred. I think it's worth worth a go okay but. all right worm you got a lean a play you can yeah, pile um, on brad what you got i i to i know that this has been discussed tonight but i don't hate chevy at that even money price and i would say the way that i structure my bets i bet anywhere from one to four units um and, and typically one unit on outrights and four units on matchups. I'm more of a matchup guy. But I think that if you were to, let's just say you were going to bet three to four units on outrights, you could put two of them on Chevy and you're going to cover a large portion of the favorites. You're going to get Kyle Larson, who's you know anywhere from two and a half to one to, to three to one. You're going to get William Byron. You're going to get Kyle Busch. And I also think that Ross Chastain is a legitimate contender this week. He showed a lot of speed last week at Vegas. And he turned that speed when it was fast at Vegas last year, you know, almost won the race until Logano beat him. Uh, I think, you know, he, he turned that into speed uh, at Homestead last year. And, and arguably at times he was the best car last week at Vegas. He's got nothing to lose. And I think he's a, a contender, not necessarily in matchups because I think he could be a little checkers or wreckers, but um, I, I, I I tend to like that Chevy bet. If you like Larson, I think that the Chevy at even money is a better play than than Larson outright. 
could not agree more. And I want to pile on Chastain here for a second. Zach, high line betting. You are the stat guru. So I don't pull any of this. This is all from Zach. But Homestead last year, plus the high tire wears from this year. Auto Club, Dover, both Darlingtons, and Nashville. Just the high tire wears. Ross Chastain is first in NLD speed with a third, first, first, third, second, and then a 14th at Darlington, too. Um, they found some high tire wear speed. That's for sure. Uh, I don't think he's going to win the race. I'm not going to bet on him to win the race. But, yeah, throw him in there with Chevy plus 110, even money. Uh, and I agree with Chris. If you're going to bet Larson this week, just take the reduced odds and bet Chevy to win. Take take the rest of your units elsewhere. Um, but I it's do just like great protection. Like sure. if you're going to bet three or four units on the race and you want to be profitable, you you take Chevy, you include Larson and all those other cars, and you go, you know what? Then I can go another unit on, um, you know, Tyler Reddick, or even two units on Reddick, or if if someone else happens to look good you know, whether it's Brad K or something like that, you you're protected, right? Cause you ha- you're going to have all of the top guys. So I'm not saying that this is going to be a big money maker. It's just a great way to start the week because we know how fast those Chevys have been in qualifying. And if you throw Kyle Bush in there, who I think is, is faster than he's been than he was last year. He had a good race last week. He could come out there and, and have like a top five qualifying and just be in the mix all day. And I can tell you what, you don't want to be naked on Kyle Bush when he's a fast car at Homestead. Yeah, I was looking at his top five at plus 250. Mm. I mean, the way he's been running, if it wouldn't have been for like the wreck at Talladega and the bullshit at Texas, we're talking about Kyle Bush is in this round right here. Kyle Where's Bush he plus 250 at. Yeah, that's a good Let me number. guess. Let me guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this mythical book. <laughs> yeah. I love him. I'm yeah, driving right. to Virginia. <laughs> Come on down and stay for for a week. Hey, Come on down. To, hey, once you hit this weekend on Brad and you come down to Martinsville with us, then uh, you can get the so my fr- account then. Yeah, I think they got a good good little sign up bonus going on right now. Nice sign up, which bonus. is the biggest load of Crockett it's bullshit. Like, it's ever. like three hundred and sixty five dollars, I think. If they're still running it. They did at the beginning of football season. Shout out Circa. Betting limits across the board. Every, same for everyone. No bullshit sign-on bonus. Favorable odds. Y'all have Circa in, in Arizona? No, but Todd no. does. I, yeah, I know that. They I just, just Of curious. course, the week I leave Chicago and I'm never going back, they fucking open up in, in Illinois. Like, fuck me, right? You're a victim. <laughs> victim. Okay. All right. Uh, Zach. Uh, qualifying bet, race bet, shit box. Go, Brad K. Top five plus two twenty five. Yeah, uh, you rattled off most of the stats earlier. Uh, the thing that I like the most, he's good at Darlington. Was good at Homestead last year, and the team is clearly better this year with way more speed. Yeah. Um. So, uh, top five, I think he should be right there all day. Fifth in the model. Oh, Rory's ready for like another hour and a half. That's oh, crack. By wow. the way, I walked worm. out the house with the case of case of Yingling, and the old lady's like, "How much are you drinking?" It's like <laughs> ten o'clock, and I'm like, "Hell, who knows?" <laughs> Chris, the last time we had you on Land Coin, we went for over two hours. Really? Yeah, I went back and looked. Yeah, 
wild. That was a fun episode. We were breaking down. It was. I think it was shit. an off season. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was early. So we had all sorts of championship odds. We had over yep. under on win totals. Yep. That's Kyle back when Bush. Kyle Bush had a chance at winning the championship. Yeah. Hey, we at least cashed the uh, the the win prop. That's the biggest bet I've ever made in my life. And them Whoa. fucking them fucking Goodyear tires. What? Fucked it all up. <laughs> Talking about Texas. Them damn uh, Goodyear oh, yeah, tires. Yeah. 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 After He's I been, me- I had just him, taken him. I had just taken him live. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, actually, Kyle Busch had had started running very consistent on mile and a half. Seventh, Darlington, one, six, Charlotte, ninth, Nashville, eleventh, Darlington, two, seventh, Kansas, wrecked at Texas, and then third at Vegas. So, yeah, it we went over till the fat lady sings. But I just early in the season, I was just turned off by Kyle Busch because he was just hit or miss. But uh, been running better as of late. But yeah, he's out of the playoffs. All right. Um, let's rattle through grid rival and, uh, Chris, the way we do this, we just, I'll blurt out the matchup. You take a pick. And if we're split two and two, then we rely on high lines model and whoever is higher, that's who we pick. And you don't need a gigantic explanation because whenever we devote like 15, 20 minutes to this segment, uh, we go two for five. And when we rattle off, just picking who we want to pick, uh, we do tremendously better. So first matchup, Kyle Larson and William Byron. I think it's a pretty good one. Larson. Pretty juicy one. Rory, I was going to go to you first. Kyle Larson it is. I am also going to go Kyle Larson, and so is 95% of everybody else in Grid Rival. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to make up some points here, buddy. We, we are we care. are not out of this first ain't place. One, this ain't one to make points up on. Kyle Larson is way better on high tire wear tracks than William Byron is. High tire wear, it doesn't matter if it's high tire wear all year. You can't, in your right mind, ever take William Byron over Larson at Homestead. I don't, maybe, sorry, I got to be a public flake here. No, I'm on him too. That's fine. Zach? Uh, Larson, yeah. No, All right, four no Larson. Uh, <laughs> Don't bother Zach with a stupid follow. <laughs> like, what do you think he's gonna say? Just, oh, I'm gonna dig in here and take Byron and give an argument. Like, don't annoy Zach with those stupid fucking questions. It's late. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're probably gonna go four zero in the next one too. Denny Hamlin and Truex, Rory. Hamlin. I'm also going Hamlin. I don't know if Truex got it anymore, dude. I just trust Hamlin more in this spot. I mean, Truex look like shit. Dog <laughs> shit. Um, not last we week. No, no, no. Well, no, Before not last that. week until this okay. dumbass crew chief decided it was a good idea to leave him out. Darlington looked like shit. Wrecked, I mean, he wrecked at Kansas. Texas, he looked like shit. Let's look at high tire wears. He's looked at shit all playoffs. Correct. We don't need to go over that. Correct. I'm taking Drew X. Oh, Zach comes down to you. I'm taking Rory's favorite driver, driver, Denny Hamlin. Oh my God. It comes down to the model and Ooh, sorry, boys. The, the smart handicappers are losing out on this one. It is Denny Hamlin. Second MTJ third. 
unless someone wants to convince me otherwise, and I'll change my pick. But I'm I'm staying with Henny, with Denny Henny Denny. Are you are, okay? Let me ask you a question. Are you? Is it mainly because of Homestead last year and how act like he was really 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 fast last year? Yes. Okay. Is it the same car? We we on the same car. We yeah. I mean, listen. I think Denny's going to be good, but Denny's. I I feel like. Homestead's a good track for Denny. It's not a great track for him. I think it's a great track for for Truex. Listen, I could be wrong. It's a close. It's a coin toss. But I mean, if you guys want some side action on it, and you're going to give me even money, that's fair. So wait, Zach, who did you pick? Roy's favorite driver is was that Denny? You guys are three one. one. I was the only one. I was the only pack that took Truex. Oh, so I'm a fucking dumbass. And they're like they're four five in the model, and they're so super close. It's just. I just apparently wasn't listening. I, sh- I mean, I, I don't mind. I really don't mind Truex here. But this is a tough. Like, like literally, you're not wrong what? either way. I just yeah, think well, Truex with it had a race winning car here last year. He showed a hell of a lot more speed at Vegas than Truex did, or than than Hamlin did. And I don't know. I think Truex somehow finds his way to the final four. I don't know. Wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't be shocked. This could All right, be, well, we're going this could be we're going one Hamlin. if you want to make some spots up. This would be one that I would probably feel comfortable going. Yes, yeah, like, wait, I mean, where's the public on this? Is they, they we on? don't know yet. It'll come out after practicing qualifying. Oh, okay, gotcha. We it's all speculation now. But I would yeah, definitely we, we say it, it would probably be Denny, but. Yeah. If you're gonna do the fade the public thing, you gotta do it on like the super lopsided one, like Larson and Byron. Yeah, like if True. you're gonna play that game, that's the way you gotta go. Yeah. All right. Uh, third matchup: Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick. I'm going Reddick because of Highline and Chris. I think you said it. Christopher Bell just can't run the Highline like the other dirt guys can. I'm going Reddick. I'm going Red Dog. That's my shit. Yeah, box. I mean it's just a pick 'em, right? Like you just have to pick yes. the winner. Yeah, big yes. Reddick there. Reddick. Reddick. Four no Reddick. I just feel like we're just flaking out though. Like, <laughs> like everyone's gonna have these ones. It's been working. No it's shit. Just, so this is the <laughs> this way it's been working. Just they were like the same fire. matchups last week. They had the eight playoff drivers matched up against each other. And this is what we did the last few weeks. And yeah, it has been working, so I don't want to fuck it. Dude, we went 5 of 5 by flipping a coin. So. We're leading the final segment. No, we're second because right, they second. they took away Blaney, or they disqualified him, and then they gave it back, so they reinstated the points. So we're second, yeah. Uh, we had Reddick over Blaney, which only lost by two spots, but still an L. All right, this one might uh, drum up a little bit more discussion. Chris Busher and Ryan Blaney, the two Fords that are left in the playoffs. And, um, uh, Roars. Golly. I'm going to go Busher. Busher is 13th in the model. Blaney is ninth. And if we look at NLD speed on high tire wares, Blaney is 12, uh, 11th, and Busher is 17th. Uh, the model always hates Busher. That Busher is a fact. Some, That's a somehow. fact. Zach, do you have any thoughts on that? He had a no, good run. In, he had a good run in 21, even though it was the older car. Um, 
I don't know. I, I trust Busher more to not have a fucked up race than I do Blaney. Chris, I'm Busher. I don't trust. I I got a thing for Blaney that I don't like. <laughs> I hate. I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> I really do. Like I never get him right, and I think Busher's just more consistent. I think that for probably most of the race, I anticipate. Blaney beating Busher, but I also anticipate Blaney making a mistake. I mean, that whole Bubba Wallace and him on social media was hilarious. Them going back yeah. and forth on and like Blaney spinning out on the access road. Like, yeah, not to do. That was pretty. Good. I, <laughs> I just think Busher. I think Busher runs eighth all day long. Busher has Blaney beat two and zero the last two Homestead races. And yeah, he right. led led fifty seven laps in twenty one, one stage one. Zach Busher, Blaney, Blaney. Oh shit! So it comes down to me, huh? Yeah. Did I already give mine out. Nah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did I already give mine out? Like, I don't how, do know, you dude. Not, how do you uh, not know? I got issues, Chris. <laughs> I got issues. God. Does Blaney fuck it up or not? That's the question. Uh, Blaney does. Not fuck it up. I'm going Blaney. And uh, the Highline model tiebreaker is Blaney 9th, Busher 13th. So, sorry, boys. Lane coin entry, Ryan Blaney. Man, why am I have something to talk shit about later on this week? All right, last matchup. I need to be held accountable for something I have zero skin in the game on. Oh, yeah. I'll be terrible if I was wrong. <laughs> We're still going to talk shit, though. I'm going to be one-sided. I'm in the contest and haven't made my picks in like eight weeks. Cause why, dude? Because once you forget about it once and you're not near the top, then it gets a lot easier to forget about it every week. That's fair. Yeah, it's just like, like I, all these pick leagues I'm in. Uh huh. Yeah. So still I, I alive just, in Survivor though, baby. Still alive. Let's go. An NFL Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Who you, who you got this week? Who you taking? I haven't even looked. To be honest uh, with you. But I took Cincinnati last week. I've I've got uh dude, I, I picked some Bills. shit teams. I got Washington out of the way. I had the Bills last week. That was fun. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, dude. They <laughs> Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. What a dog. Yeah. All right. What is uh, he like fifty? Yeah, thirty-eight, probably. No, he's not that old. All right. Last matchup here. Austin Dillon versus Mickey Mouse Chase Elliott. Um, I mean, I think everybody's going to be on Elliott because he's the most popular driver, but you can't shy away from Austin Dillon's eight straight top 12 finishes. Tough to look away from it. This is a stupid fucking matchup. Like, you... This has got to be a minus two fucking... Yeah, like, you have to take Chase Elliott, like, unless you just want to just guess he's going to make a mistake, like... Those aren't equal drivers. <laughs> Welcome to Grid Rival. I mean, I would, I, I have to say Chase Elliott, but that's only because they're, I mean, it's Chase Elliott versus Austin Dillon. It's, <laughs> it's a guy that won a championship versus, I don't yeah, know, someone that. that finishes in the top 10 and celebrates. I don't yeah. know what you want me to say. No, that's fair. That's fair. Zach, any thoughts? Is it Chase? No, uh, yeah, it's Chase. But, Worm, what's your opinion like? So Chase and Bowman, awful this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the injuries, or do you think like they lost it? Like, w- what's your next? I-, I know, like 
next year out mm-hmm. local? That's like, a good do they question. Bounce, do they bounce back? Because like I feel like it's been enough time since the injuries that we should yeah. start seeing some stuff, and we're not seeing anything. Yeah, so I guess the only explanation, and that's a good question. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. I will say this. I think that once those guys had to win to get into the playoffs, they got desperate, and they they could not match what the five and the 24 were doing. And they were grasping for straws, trying to figure something out. I can't imagine those two drivers being that bad next year. I Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott missing seven races, still has fifteen top tens this year. Yeah, but he's, he's never to, been. Well, I mean, not, to race, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he's been in like contention really to win a race or whatever. But I will say like. He's definitely into this round right now off of top 10. Rory, you if, could drive that 24 car into 15 fucking top 10s this year. That's how fast that thing is. Like, which one? I would like 24. to drive 24. I think that the 24 has just been the consistently fastest car week in and week of out. Of course he has because he's won six races. It, by not making mistakes. And he hasn't been the fastest <laughs> car in six races. No, he he's has. the fastest car Fastest in pit crew. And... He just hasn't made mistakes. No making when Chase mistakes. Elliott won his championship, that's exactly what happened. When Chase Elliott won five races last year, it wasn't because he was the fastest car in five races. It's because he didn't fuck up in the other ones. Like, he was mm-hmm. just around. There's something to be said with this car. Just being in the first two rows of that final restart. If you can do that, anybody can win. Because it's so hard to pass. If you, you're Even if it's a 20-lap run. I mean, back in 2018, 2019, the best car starting in the first six rows could still find a way to win with 15 or 20 laps to go. Now you can't. It's like, how do you make up time? Well, it's kind of mm-hmm. like Barry at Richmond, looking up, getting a caution and then finishing second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. That's what makes it so much harder this year and last year to, to wager on this shit. So yeah. Mickey mouse is the play. I was being a smart ass saying, yeah, we're taking Mickey mouse. We're taking Mickey mouse. All right. Uh, Worm, appreciate you coming on. Zach, as hey. always, Roars. I uh, hope you didn't drink too many beers to get in trouble, but I appreciate you guys coming on. Good luck this weekend. I'm always in trouble. <laughs> All right, boys. Beard on. Beard on.